0: and welcome to Holding Fast. I trust that once again today you have had the opportunity to ground your life in the transforming principles of the Holy Scriptures. It's a great day to be alive, great day to serve the Lord. People look around themselves and they begin to wonder, wow, is, is evil going to hold full sway? Is, is there going to be any faith on the earth when Christ returns? And I want to assure you that all of the events unfolding in the world today are part of of God, things that God has foreseen. He knew that they were going to take place. He prophesied that that would be the case throughout the scriptures. And everything that God has said would happen is presently unfolding. And it is a real comfort to us to be able to understand that our God is not caught by surprise, but that things are unfolding as they should. So that fills us with anticipation, looking forward to the coming of the Lord. It could be today. Are you ready? Are you prepared? Uh, are things and are our accounts settled between you and the Lord? Are you doing those things that you would do if you knew that the Lord was coming back today? I hope that you will. And uh, I hope that you're prepared and ready for him to return. I know I am looking forward to being in heaven with my Lord and serving him today. Let's live with that reality in our heart. Well, will we, won't we? will you do that today? We return to Second Timothy chapter 3 this morning, and we have been looking at the passage in which the Apostle Paul told Timothy to be the kind of servant that God finds useful, uh, that there would be times in these last days it would be punctuated by evil men and evil people. People that uh, have had their lives consumed, according to chapter 3, verse 2, by self-love by loving themselves and using themselves as the most important thing to satisfy in life rather than God. People are looking for satisfaction and happiness in this life, and the the lost world today says that you're going to find that and have a happy personality if you have great self-esteem and if you love yourself the way you ought to. The problem with that is that uh, that's only going to lead to corruption and destruction, Uh, and my flesh will only serve to bring me down rather than to lift me up in the presence of God. So I want to encourage you today to love the Lord more than you love yourself. Strive to make Him happy because that's the only thing of any lasting value today. Uh, and that brings us to back to chapter two, uh, chapter three verse two again this morning, in which uh, we are told, not only will men be lovers of their own selves, not only will they be filled with self-esteem in the end days. But there will be times where there will be such an abundance of that, where the population of this globe will be so consumed with love of self that there's a consequence to that as well, because all of the evil in our world stems from self-love. And number two on the list that the Apostle Paul gives to Timothy is that not only will men be lovers of their own selves, but they will be, the King James says, covetous it's an interesting word covetous there it is a greek word philarguroi and that's an interesting word and the reason i mention it is because the word phila at the very begin beginning is the word for love and the end of that word is the word for silver literally they will be silver lovers they will be be, uh, the money lovers is exactly what it's saying Now, uh, the love of money is nothing new. We all have a desire to have enough to be able to take care of our responsibility and our needs in life, Uh, and there's there's a sense in which we could all use a little bit more. But the fact of the matter is that as a result of the self-esteem and self-love movement of our culture today, uh, the love of money is actually nothing new. It's been around ever since the beginning. But there's a sense in which today people have the ability to pursue the love of money like never before. I mean, you can go to Amazon Books or you can go to Barnes and & Nobles and you can find all kinds of books on how to accomplish that kind of thing. There are people that just are not satisfied with the the, uh, the needs of life being met, but they're pursuing being just exorbitantly rich. And they're pursuing that dollar at any cost, uh, at the cost of their family at the cost of their marriage, at the cost of their job. People are looking to try to uh, accumulate as much wealth as they can. After all, if, if you're a secular humanist or if you're an unbeliever in Christ, then today is a day you have to go for all you can because there is nothing else besides this. And I am reminding you today that if you're a believer, uh, this is not all there is. Aren't you glad of that? Uh, Aren't you glad that one day this life, which is full of tribulation, will be over and one day we will live in eternal bliss with our Heavenly Father, with our Creator and our Maker? In recent years, newspapers featured a story about a woman named Brenda Blackman. She enjoyed some measure of success by teaching a course to people entitled, How to Marry Money. And the course attempts to show men and women how to marry rich, uh, how to marry into wealth, and she actually charges $39 per person for this course. And in the course, this woman, Brenda Blackman, offers helpful hints such as how to search through your prospective mate's checkbooks to study their deposits and then assess their income levels. And she built her students' confidence by leading them in a chant several times throughout the lecture. And the chant would go something like, quote, I want to be rich. I deserve to be rich. I am rich. I was born to be rich, unquote. In one class, Blackman was asked by a woman if it was all right to settle for a man whose income was about 100000 a year. No way, she replied. Uh, what if it was perfect in every other way? If he was in his peak earning years and he was maxed out at 100000 Blackman advised her, forget it. When someone asked her about the place of love in such relationships, Blackman said that finding a mate with that much money is the hard part. Learning to love that person is easy by comparison. And she says, how could you not love someone who is doing all these wonderful things for you? Now, what's interesting And what is not immediately uh, 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 discoverable about her until you explore it a little bit more is that Blackman was single. Brenda Blackman taught these courses and she was a single woman. The fact of the matter is we live in a culture today where the love of money consumes people. The pursuit of it wrecks their life and causes them such dissatisfaction and discouragement and despair. Folks, if you got Christ, you got the whole world. You've got everything. Our Father owns the cattle on a thousand hills, the wealth in every mind. And I might also add to that, if you know Christ as Savior, you are, you are immeasurably wealthier than you could ever ask or think. The Bible tells us that No ear has heard or eye seen the things that God has in store for those who are His. So don't pursue your life and burn yourself out today being a lover of money. Trust God for what He's going to supply. He's promised to meet your needs. He is one who is going to be able to see you through and to be able to take care of all your obligations. He has never let His people down. We may go through times of difficulty and times of of stretching in our faith and His provision for our needs, but I promise you, God will always take care of your needs. So let's not reflect our callous culture today and be lovers of self and lovers of money, but let's trust in the Lord. He's going to take care of you and he's going to see you through. Trust him today. Walk with him. He's always faithful. God bless. Walk with Christ.